When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. On? What was that? You said we're on? We're on. I, I was thinking there for a second. I was concerned that I was going to have to do the show. You just quickly bolted out. It's like You know, I, I had some notes in the other room. Uh, okay. You're in, my- in Cran, in response to our friend Parker Gabriel's question. I was doing <laughs> some quick math. Illinois plus nine uh, for the opener. See, you had the big, like, uh, the energy of, like, that little four-year-old who has to go run to a trash can to go throw up. I was now, like, now, now I'm out of breath. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to, to Wednesday. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Again, it'd be fun to be at Zipline, TD Ameritrade, Game 3, CWS. Uh, I think Noah is floating by up there. Lots of rain. But uh, on our mind is the Nebraska Athletic Director job search, Jamie Pollard. No. No, thank you. We'll hear from the Iowa State Athletic Director, courtesy of Heartland College Sports Podcast. That was posted, and uh, you have Jamie Pollard saying thanks but no thanks at this point. Uh, So we'll dive into that. We'll get the the lowdown on Nebraska from uh, Mr. College Football. It's a sweet sight when you go to newsstands and you see the Hale Varsity yearbook and Phil Steele. And you're just like, oh, yeah. It's uh, 60 days away from kickoff. Phil Steele will talk Big Ten West. We'll talk Nebraska. We'll talk Big Ten East. And we will get into what's Nebraska's win total per fill and his research in his Nebraska bowling this postseason. Gary Barnett gives us the lowdown, uh, what he knows about Jamie Pollard, not that it matters anymore, but also the fact that, that Ed Stewart's a name. So let's go down this rabbit hole for two seconds. Two seconds. Numbers to get in, 466 3776 8255 5865. Find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio. Chris Schmidt at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. And can email Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Well, let's, let's just say this. Say you're, you're Ronnie Green and you or your search firm have, have made overtures to Jamie Pollard. Say, let's just say for fun, Jamie Pollard maybe reached out to you. Let's just have some fun. Either way, right? You played that game. You're asking her out. You want to take her to a dinner and a movie. Maybe ask her to prom. You want to see how it goes. 
and, and then things go horribly sideways. You, you have your, your choices. You have your names. There's the list. And right now, if you're Nebraska and your, your, your top choice is Jamie Pollard, you're now to, to choice number two. Or maybe Jamie Pollard was your second choice and Ed Stewart's your top choice. Either way you play this, Nebraska still is in search. Right, So you don't have a yes, you don't have an agreement in principle, you can't move forward uh, the rest of this week. Maybe we're all surprised and there's an announcement tomorrow or Friday, I doubt it. But the way, per the World Herald story with Ronnie Green, sounded yesterday with Sam McEwen, it's going to go into July. So what does this mean for Nebraska? There's still really good candidates out there, but I think as folks listen to their friends around the world in the athletics department uh, stratosphere. What are you hearing about Nebraska? What are you hearing about the football program? What are you hearing about this monster? You got, you got you have a new facility that's going to go up that's, that's funded and allegedly paid for. And I, I'm not saying it's not, but there's still some, some money to raise for that. But it, it's not all paid for. But you, you have a new facility that you don't have to do anything about except raise a few more dollars, which means some more millions of dollars. But a lot of the heavy lifting's done. Uh, you got a football program that needs to get in the positive category when it comes to win losses. And this is a big year. And uh, you got a basketball program that's climbing up. You got a great baseball program. You got an amazing volleyball program. And your predecessors. have been fired, forced out, or forced into retirement. The last four. Do you take this phone call? Sure. Do you listen to what they can pay you? Absolutely. Do you come take this gig? Nebraska thinks they're, uh, I hate saying this because I love Nebraska. I went to the graduate and, and undergrad at Nebraska. You can, you can reach out to some, some, some big time dogs, right? But Nebraska's just not that good-looking anymore. Is it fair to say? I sound like Colin Coward. Slap me. Sorry. But you can reach for a, a Jamie Pollard, who people are like, wow, impressed by. Because he's been there 16, 17 years. You can reach out to Ed Stewart. Ed Stewart can go, man, it's my alma mater. It'd be awesome. But if I kick it a little bit longer down in the Big 12, I'm probably the next commissioner. Why would I leave? They can take care of me and bump me up from if I'm making under $300,000. Stick and stay because Bullsby won't go forever. So if, if let's just play along that your top two choices, either Pollard or Ed Stewart, and I'm not saying Ed's turned it down. I don't know. We know that, that, that Jamie Pollard's not interested in Nebraska. Flattered is the term he used you'll hear in a minute. And we also don't necessarily know, I mean, whether he's being 100% forthcoming in that interview. It, it, it is just a, a podcast. Like, why would you tell a podcast that you're about to leave Iowa State? You, you'd go about it in a different way. But from when you hear him talk, it does not sound like he is mincing his words. I'll say that. No, he's pretty matter of fact yeah. with where the programs are at right now. So where are you going if you're Nebraska? If If there's a no from Ed Stewart or... A, a, a no from Jamie Pollard. Do you, do you go look at UNO? Do you talk John Cook into it? You let your search firm do their thing, yes. But you've got some pretty good internal candidates at Nebraska. You do. But this can't turn into 
you get turned down 45 times and it looks awful. <laughs> as, as messy as, as the you're retiring today, Bill, looks, the fact that you're, you, you've got nobody in the chair right now and you, you can't swing and miss too often. Three strikes, you're out. Yeah, how embarrassing would it be if you force out Bill Moose and then a month down the road you still don't well, guess have a what? guy? Bill Moose has got a, got a fan base beyond you know football fans it's it's called people that are in an athletic administration respect and love bill moose and they've probably texted or reached out bill what the hell happened well i don't want to get into it well words out words out that that bill moose probably didn't go out on his own and if you're a prospective next ad that's a red flag it's a red flag that Bill Moose made the biggest wow hires and had the shortest tenure of the past several athletic, athletic directors between Eichhorst, between T.O., Steve P. Uh, Bill Byrne did, did his decade and got out. And before that, it was, uh, it was uh, sweet old Bob. Let's hear the, uh, the podcast part we want to check out this is again heartland college sports pete mundo and jamie pollard here we go speaking of lists uh jamie you know you just signed an extension there at iowa state but with the nebraska ad opening your name did come up in some places what can you share about any conversation that that did happen any interest that was there was that ever a thing? Nebraska is a great program, has a great history. I have uh, um, you know, ad, a lot of admiration for you know, Coach Osborne, when, both as a coach and when he was AD in the Big 12. Um, and my daughter goes to Nebraska. I love the city of Lincoln, but um, I love working at Iowa State, and I am uh, uh, you know, not leaving Iowa State. I'm here. This, we've worked really hard for 17 years to get this program in a spot. I'll take it as flattery and a, and a huge compliment that there's folks in Nebraska that actually, you know, there was a day 17 years ago that the thought that the Iowa State Athletics Director, that people in Nebraska would think that that's who they should go hire. This is the last part of that conversation. And he's right. Think of his time. Think of what he's seen in Ames. That's Chiswick, got hired away by Auburn, didn't do so well. It, 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 it ain't five wins, I think. Then you go get Rhodes. Rhodes hires a really good offensive coordinator named Tom Herman, who Urban Meyer then plucks, and Rhodes's fortunes kind of hit their ceiling. And now you're in a convertible ceiling-wise with, with Coach Campbell, who's turned down the SEC, who's turned down the NFL. And if we can do it here, I can do what I'm doing here at most places. There's like, some rarefied air, sure. That's the Ohio States, the Michigans, the Clemsons, the Bamas. Everyone else kind of all in the same boat. And I'm doing it in Ames. And my buyout's insane. And I've said no to the NFL as well. The last thought here from Pollard when it comes to comparing Nebraska and Iowa State. And I don't think he's wrong. Um, because they, you know, rightfully so, they didn't look at our two programs as being comparable. And um, I would argue right now our program is ahead of their program. And um, so I'll take that as a huge compliment. But um, Jamie Pollard is a cyclone, and and I'm going to continue to be a cyclone. Third person. 
Jamie Pollard is a cyclone, and I'm going to continue to be a cyclone. There you have it. So, arguably your top candidate or your second candidate, probably your top candidate, was on a podcast, and that does not sound at all. Because you can read the transcript. You can read the uh, the Fan Nation posting with this story, and you got the full context, and they did a good job of reporting this, obviously. But he, he's not demeaning Nebraska. It's just like 17 years ago, it is a no-brainer to choose Nebraska over Iowa. Well, the last 17 years, we've detailed between coaching searches and AD ADs that have filled that chair, people aren't running to this gig, and that's too bad. It's not that it can't be awesome again, but you got to find the right guy and keep the right guy here. Yeah, and but one thing I took away from that is it sounds like, at least from the way he's putting this, that Nebraska did reach out. He says, I'm flattered. Um, like, they believe uh, our programs are comparable right now. Like, that sounds like he is saying that Nebraska did, in fact, reach out and engage his interest at least. He said it without more. saying it. Exactly. Exactly. And, and then you, you go back to Ronnie Green's comments yesterday saying we haven't interviewed anybody. I mean, not entirely forthcoming. It's, it's nice to hear an athletic director actually be forthcoming about what's going on. Bit Sherman yesterday was spot on with, uh, you know, why, why would you bounce if you're Jamie Pollard? As an outside candidate, if you're looking at Nebraska as the, as a place to go, uh, you know I would not want to become the next guy in that vicious cycle. So I would think you would need some assurances to um, you know why it's going to be different this time. Um, I don't honestly see it. I don't see it with with Pollard. Mitch uh, nailed it. Uh, Dan tweets in going third person. Jamie Pollard is a psycho, not cyclone. Well, there you go. Uh, so, if you're Nebraska, <laughs> uh, Pollard is a great dude to uh, to go try and target. You can offer him more money. Now, the Iowa State powers that be will probably sweeten his deal from you know seven hundred thousand or or eight hundred thousand to to probably over a million because he's been working on a on a bargain number for what he's done for a long time and and he'll get taken care of and they are right now knocking on the door they've got a chance to win the big 12 this year they have a chance to be considered especially if they win against Iowa early in the non-conference with that type of non-conference win against power five that in-state civil war they have a chance to, to be in playoff contention, and they have a chance to take down Oklahoma, who's many people's pick as the, the, the other playoff team, aside from Ohio State, aside from Clemson, aside from Alabama. So Iowa State's good. They've built up. They've recruited well, but above all, they've developed. And they've kept their stud young coach, who motivates and I would think that he would stay until playoff expansion because I think the best shot for Iowa State to make it in is through the expansion. If you yes. can go eleven and one with a loss to a playoff Oklahoma team, you're in. You're you're a second team in of that of that twelve. Absolutely, you're knocking on that door. You're right there, and maybe you don't get in this year, but maybe you're not far off. But when's the when's the right end? Right? When does Campbell eventually move on? Is the question. So we'll hear from Phil Steele. We'll dive into Nebraska, 
his take on year four of Scott Frost. What's he foresee with the Big Red? Who's going to the playoffs? As Phil Steele, his college football preview, it's reading for all of us along with the Hale Varsity yearbook. It's pretty awesome. But there's your info. There's the word from the man himself, uh, Jamie Pollard, uh, to Heartland College Sports Podcast. I'm a uh, cyclone. Period. End of discussion. There you go. So Nebraska, the excuse me, the search firm committee. The move is yours, and uh, you've got people that are good. Just down on tenth and Vine, you do. You have people around Nebraska athletic administration that are good, and you got a former Husker in the Big Twelve office that's really, really good. All right. Phil Steele's up next to Tail Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hail Varsity Radio. I got the body of a caught preteen Swedish boy. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Let's talk college football. Let's talk college football preview. And we say hi to Phil Steele, uh, back on the show again, at PhilSteele042 is uh, where you find him on Twitter, PhilSteele.com. And, of course, newsstands everywhere to get that college football 2021 preview. Phil, it's awesome to spend time with you again. How are you? You know, I am doing great, Chris. So much better than last year at this time when we were wondering if we're even going to play football for the season. So it's a, it's a positive knowing that we got the schedules and we're playing football. One quick thing I want to point out to you is uh, you mentioned the magazines available everywhere. We did make a change this year. We're only at Barnes & Noble and Books a Million. So I want to save your listeners a little bit of gas money driving around looking for it. Only at Barnes & Noble and only at Books a Million this year. But uh, I'm doing great. How about yourself, Chris? You know, we're ready for some football in Lincoln. We're ready for football in Nebraska and ready for a winning season in Nebraska, (laughs) Phil. Uh, As you look at at Nebraska, let's start right there. And I know you go through every previous season, you put together uh, what you put together and you've done for decades at, at the highest level. How did you even digest, process, COVID 2020 when you looked at at other teams, let alone Nebraska? Well, you know, some teams you could look at it and uh, it was basically normal for them where if you played 11, 12 games, Mm didn't have lose a lot of players to covid but those were more the exception to the rule we had teams that played like miami of ohio i think played three games last year had three of their games canceled teams had their season canceled like the big 10 did then brought back played a different schedule the covid testing would have teams shorthanded for some games there were some mismatches where teams were down 30 players so i mean you really had to look at it on an individual basis all i could say chris is thank goodness we played college football thank goodness we crown champions in each conference and crown the national champ at the end of the year. When we start out uh, nationally, and, and Nick Saban, I could I still see the smile on his face with what his team accomplished, how loaded they were, but but just the 
the investment they put in, the buy-in to, to kind of soldier through COVID, and, and they wound up on, on top. As we take a national look, Phil, who's, who's on your radar before we get to some Big Ten action? Usual suspects, I assume, as far as some of the favorites, some of the teams that are supposed to be in the playoff again? Yeah, I went way out on a limb here, Chris. I went with uh, Alabama out of the SEC, Clemson out of the ACC, uh, how about Ohio State out of the Big Ten? And then their shocker, Oklahoma out of the Big 12. Uh, but I think there are two teams that are right on the doorstep of, of getting in there that aren't your normal names. One would be Georgia. Uh, I think when you look at Georgia, they open up with Clemson in the opener. If they win that, they'll be favored in all the rest of their games. They've got a very good SEC schedule. Only three SEC road games. They avoid Alabama, Texas A&M, and LSU out of the West. Uh, I think Georgia's got a chance to enter into the party this year. And then Texas A&M. And A&M was close last year. Remember Selection Sunday? Mm-hmm. Is it Ohio State? Is it Texas A&M? And uh, Ohio State just barely beat them out. Talking to Coach Fisher, even though they lose four offensive linemen, he, he felt that last year, that this year's offensive line would be more athletic than last year's offensive line, and perhaps even better. And they lose their quarterback, but I think Haynes King can come in and do what Kellamon did last year. And they get that game against Alabama on home, at home on October the 9th. So if any Anybody's going to knock Alabama out of the uh, SEC and out of the playoffs. I think Texas A&M or Georgia are your two best threats. They are on the doorstep. A&M's always had insane talent, but uh, for whatever reason, they they stubbed their toe. And this goes back to the Big Twelve and obviously into the SEC. But now you got Jimbo, a championship-winning coach there. To, to pair with that talent, big things could happen in College Station. I love your Georgia take, too, especially with the fact there there's just three road games for them and there's not uh, a vicious crossover for them in the, uh, the SEC West. Phil, let's look at Big Ten action and uh, let's focus in on Nebraska. What's your feel? What's your read here as we go into to year four, the Frost era? Uh, a little bit of a shakeup you, you probably knew about, and that is no more Bill Moose here in Lincoln as the athletic director. That happened last Friday. Yeah, and it's uh, Nebraska's a tough team to gauge because it could go either way. Uh, you look at the talent they have coming back. They've got 17 returning starters. So one thing I'll mention is everybody's got 16, 17, 18 returning starters. You know, you look at the Pac-12, for example, uh, Colorado has 16 returning starters this year. You think, wow, that's probably second or third best in the conference. It's actually second worst in the conference. (laughs) So everybody's got 16, 17, 18 starters back. Uh, When I look at Nebraska, I see this is clearly Scott Frost's most talented team. They've got to get Adrian Martinez to play like he did a couple of years ago, rather than what we've seen the last couple of years. Uh, A little concerned about the back up spot losing Luke McCaffrey to Louisville and now to Rice, which, by the way, we captured in the magazine. We've got him as a starting quarterback at Rice this year. I think everybody else has him as a backup quarterback at Louisville. But uh, the talent's there throughout. Uh, Nebraska's got a lot of positions that rank in my uh, upper units. But the big question mark would have to be the schedule. And, uh, you know, I, you're going to be clearly an underdog when it comes to Oklahoma. Uh, by the way, love to see that rivalry renewed. I remember back in the, the 70s when uh, they played the Irresistible Force versus a 
immovable object. It was the game of all time. Uh, Johnny Rogers with those punt return touchdown, uh, just a great game. So I'm glad to see that rivalry renewed there. But other games are probably be an underdog in this year. Might be at Minnesota, Ohio State at home, at Wisconsin, even Iowa at home. And then there's toss-up games on the schedule. Uh, I think that traveling to Michigan State and Illinois, not going to be easy. Northwestern at home, not easy. Michigan at home, not easy. So there's a lot of games where they've been losing close games in the last couple of years. If they continue to lose close games, it's going to be a disappointing season. But if they can break through and start playing with some confidence, they can actually get to the plus side of the ledger. So it's it's one of those teams that I can see going either way this year. Phil Steele's with us. Hale Varsity Radio College Football Preview. Uh, can log on philsteele.com or head to Barnes & Noble and get your college football Bible for 2021. That's the that's the story of a lot of Big Big Ten teams, Phil, is how are you in, in, in one-possession games? How are your special teams units? And the thing that's just crushed crush Nebraska uh, even before Frost and for for years now has been the turnover bug and is that a number as you as you do research and look at some of the data the nebraska turnover margin does that jump out to you you know what and this year though it jumps out to me in a in a positive way because last year they were minus 11 turnovers in a shortened season and I won't get into too many specifics, but I did a little formula, and because mm-hmm. the turnover equals turnaround is generally based on a 12 game season. Mm-hmm. But there, if in this case, if you had eight minus eight in turnovers, you qualified for it because if you only played seven games, the amount of turnovers per game, et cetera. But anyway, Nebraska qualified for turnovers equals turnaround regardless. They had minus 11 turnovers last year, and uh, what that says is generally teams that had negative double digit turnovers one year have a better record the next year. And if you go back and look at Nebraska in the past, let's just say in the last seven years, only once has Nebraska had double-digit turnovers, and that was back in 2015 when they were minus 12 in turnovers. And that year they went 6-7. and seven. Well, the next year they rebounded in 2016 went all the way up to 9-4. and four. Why? Because the turnovers, which are somewhat of a luck thing, not necessarily, but uh, it is a little bit of a luck factor. Uh, it, it switched the other way. And that was a the first article I wrote for the magazine back 27 years ago, it's proven to be about a 75% success rate every single year. So Nebraska's got that working for them this year, the fact that they were minus 11 turnovers last year. Phil Steele's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Uh, question mark for you with uh, with Nebraska here, uh, schedule-wise, and, and you mentioned a lot of the coin flip games. Is there a barometer game for you on Nebraska's schedule, or is there, okay, they win this game, maybe it could flip the season? I am going to say they need to win early. <laughs> Nebraska has to get to that midpoint of the season. I'll use Michigan as your big game, I think. Okay. I think they need to beat Michigan at home. If they do, it could could be a big thing. If at that point Nebraska gets to maybe 4-2 and two or 5-1, and one, which is definitely a potential, then everything looks good. But you look at those final five games, they figure to be an underdog in four of the last five games. You know, Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Iowa are three powers in the Big Ten this year, and Minnesota's got to be played on the road. So uh, as opposed to one specific game, I think let's just go ahead and use a litmus test and say if it's 3-3 three and three at midseason, it's probably not going to turn out to be good. We need to have a winning record at midseason this year. Phil, what 
you look at the rest of the West here, let's talk Iowa, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Northwestern. I'm interested to see, you know, if Purdue bounces back. Uh, they've got some offensive talent with Bell, obviously, and Bielema's back in the Big Ten. That's a monster opener for Nebraska at Illinois. It's a game they should win. I don't know that they will, but uh, the, those teams that, that have been jockeying for that West division, it's been Wisconsin's or it's been Northwestern's, but you've had good years from Minnesota. And and, uh, and and Iowa's been really talented as well. Uh, from a pecking order standpoint, who edges out as your West favorite? Well, I'm going to go, and first of all, I think that the, the West is very deep. Uh, you know, let me go to the bottom of it for starters mm-hmm. uh, and take a look at Illinois. You mentioned Bielema's coming in. When is Brett Bielema at his best? When he's got a big veteran offensive line. I remember talking to Coach Lovey Smith last year going over the offensive line, and he said, Phil, we've got five NFL guys on the offensive line. And then I asked Coach Bielema this year. I said, you know what? Coach Smith felt you had five NFL guys on the offensive line. How do you feel? He's like, Phil, I think we have five NFL guys on the offensive line. And so if you've got five NFL guys on your offensive line, you're in good shape because they're all back this year, basically. Uh, they get the veteran quarterback and, and Brandon Peters. And that just shows you the depth of the West because I picked them last. But as you touched on, that's a dangerous game in the opener. But for my number one pick in the West this year, I'm on with Wisconsin. And I feel pretty good about that. I think Wisconsin I rate as my number two surprise team in the country. A surprise team is a non-top ten team that I think uh, can contend for a playoff spot. And Wisconsin has 17 returning starters coming back. Now, Nebraska didn't get to play Wisconsin last year, but if you watch any Wisconsin games, you know they didn't run the football like they normally do. They only averaged, uh, as a team, uh, 3.9 yards per carry last year, which is definitely not your typical five or six yards per carry. They've got a veteran offensive line coming back They've got what I call four VHT running backs this year, led by Jalen Berger, who emerged at the end of last season. I think the run games gets back to normal for Wisconsin. They've got Graham Mertz at quarterback. He had 20-21 in the opener last year and then sort of tallied off. I think he'll be one of the best quarterbacks in the country. And defensively, they've got practically the whole unit back, including my number six linebackers in the country and number 10 DBs. Uh, And then you look at their schedule. Their road games are against Minnesota, Rutgers, Purdue, and Illinois. All four winnable. They play Notre Dame and Chicago, but I think this team has got a chance of uh, potentially running the table this year. And if they make it to the Big Ten title game, Chris, uh, they've given Ohio State a battle in each of the last two Big Ten title games. So they're my number two surprise team in the country. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Phil Steele's with us. A few more minutes. Hail Varsity Radio, the Phil Steele College Football Preview 2021. Get to a, a Barnes & Noble or log on philsteele.com and get your issue today. Uh, as we look at the, the East, who do you think challenges Ohio State? And let me follow that up with, is, does Indiana drop off or do they continue that, that ascent? Because, man, they were fun last year. Oh, they sure were a lot of fun. Uh, I I don't know if anybody's going to really challenge Ohio State this year because they get Penn State at home in a big game, and I still think they've got a slight edge on Indiana talent-wise or a decent edge there. But uh, I've got Penn State coming in second in the East. They are my number one most improved team in the country. And keep in mind, they were number seven in the AP poll at the start of last year. Lost their first five games, but it wasn't because they were getting outplayed at the line of scrimmage. You go back to that Indiana game that Penn State lost last year, they had a 
488 to 211 yard edge. Now, how many games do you lose where you've got that massive of a yardage edge? But they somehow, they, Indiana let their running back score a touchdown. They got the two point conversion controversial at the end, and they lost. I think Penn State gets back to close to double digit wins, if not double digit wins this year, coming off a losing season. But Tom Allen's doing a fantastic job at Indiana, and this might be his best team yet. He needs to keep his quarterback healthy, and that's Michael Penix Jr. If Michael Penix Jr. is healthy, they've got the running backs, they've got the receivers, D.J. Matthews, Fry Fogel, Miles Marshall, Peyton Hendershot. It's one of the better receiving groups in the, in the entire country. The defense, Tom Allen knows defense. He's got my number five set of linebackers with Micah McFadden, uh, Marcelio Ball-McCray, who missed last year with injury, Cam Jones, and then in the secondary, I rate them number seven in the country, led by a couple of All-American candidates in T. Juan Mullen uh, and Devon Matthews. So this is a very talented Indiana team that I've actually pegged ahead of Michigan this year, and uh, I, th- I think that they're they're a challenger for that number two spot in the East. That back seven sounds uh, dynamite for Indiana. I know it's a little bit tougher schedule for them this year, but uh, they, they've got a lot back, and Tom Allen, man, those kids love him, and they play well. I'll be anxious to talk with him at Big Ten Media Days coming up. Uh, Phil Steele's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Phil, as we say goodbye, give me a surprise team. Not necessarily who you laid out there with with Georgia or A&M, but who's a team that could wow? Who's a team that can kind of maybe come off the, uh, you know, onto the radar from off of the radar that that might make uh, some heads turn nationally this year? Yeah, and like I said, Wisconsin's my number two surprise mm-hmm. team or a non-top ten team that I think can contend for a playoff spot. But my number one surprise team would really surprise you. It's Washington Huskies. Oh. And uh, no one's talking about Washington. They'll be picked second in their own division in the Pac-12 this year. But here's what I like about them. A big, beefy veteran offensive line, a loaded stable of running backs. They've got Kate Otten at tight end. They've got a veteran quarterback now in Dylan Morris. And defensively, Jimmy Lake knows defense and they've got a ton of talent back. Then you got to like the schedule. They do play Michigan on the road, but I've actually got them favored in that game, even though they're a slight underdog in Vegas right now. But they avoid USC and Utah out of the South. They get Arizona State, the next best team in the South at home. They get Oregon at home this year. I think they could be favored in all 12 games. And back in 2016, they were my number one surprise team, and were not in the top 10. But then all of a sudden, at the end of the year, they actually made the playoff. I think they've got that shot again this year. And let's face it, if a Pac-12 team runs the playoff, the committee has got to put them into the, uh, the, the playoffs at the end of the year. Phil, yay or nay, does Nebraska get to a bowl game this year? Yeah, I am. I'm, I'm a coin flip there, Chris. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'll, if they are four and two at midseason, yes. Okay. How's that, Phil? It's awesome to get caught up. We'll, we'll chat again soon. And thanks for giving us a few minutes with Hale Varsity, Chris. I always enjoy talking football with you, my friend. You know that. So thanks for having me on. Good stuff from Phil Steele. Coin flip is the word on Nebraska for a bowl game. Uh, there's no coin flip when it comes to working on your uh, short game or putting. We say hi to Mike Shuhart, Wilderness Ridge Golf. Shuey, we, we just got a boatload of college football preview. How you feeling, man? I feel okay. It's early. It's early. A lot of things can change. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, we'll get to golf in two seconds. What's your take on the whole athletic director search and the uh, the retirement of Moose today? Uh, that was quite, I guess, shocking. I don't think anybody expected that. I know I didn't, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, I thought he was kind of in to ride it out, 
you know, especially kind of thinking where his programs are. I mean, mm-hmm. it looks like football is on an uptick. Basketball is on an uptick. Baseball had a great season. So I think programs look like they were trending in the right direction. So it's kind of surprising that maybe he wouldn't see it through to the end. But maybe he also felt like, you know what, he feels pretty comfortable where they're at. It was time for him to to move on because he feels comfortable with who's in place, where things are going, and, and you know, facilities being built. So, I don't know. It's a hard, tough one to tell. Have you sent in your resume yet? I have not. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if I would have the right demeanor for that job. It wouldn't <laughs> last very long. Shuey, I think your demeanor would, would – uh... <laughs> would would surprise in a good way. <laughs> I don't know. I might go off a little too easy. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Mike Shuey with us. Shuey, what's going on at Wilderness, man? What's uh, what's happening for the fourth? Uh, we have uh, fourth. We're going to do a shotgun start for our members in the morning. So everybody get on the golf course. Enjoy great day. Great round of golf, and then be done in time to go do some of that fireworks stuff. It's a way to do it. How are them divot dogs doing this week? Oh, man. We took on the Hillcrest Hammerheads last week and crushed them. <laughs> it wasn't even a match. We destroyed them. But we had fun. We got a uh, big week this week. This next week, we got two matches. We have uh, Country Club of Lincoln. Um, and then we have Firethorn at the end of the week. So we got a Tuesday match and then a Friday match. So we had practice today, trying to get them ready for uh, two big matches coming up. So we'll be fine. That's awesome. Mike Schuart's with us, Wilderness Ridge Golf. Uh, go see Shuey for lessons, uh, fittings, uh, of course, Wilderness, a great spot to join and uh, get that youth program going. Camps are underway or no doubt uh, prevalent this summer. Shuey, uh, when I we we had the news earlier today about Jamie Pollard being flattered about Nebraska but staying a Cyclone, we don't know officially. He didn't say he was offered. It sounded like he might have been on Nebraska's short list. I got about a minute and a half here. Do you think do you anticipate Nebraska having a problem finding the the next right guy? I don't think so. I mean, I think if they do their due diligence, I mean, just some of the names that I've heard that would be very viable candidates they'd be i think really good you know like an ed stewart's name that's being popped up out there you know um, there's some other guys from around the country that have some great resumes so i mean i don't know it's nebraska hard to turn nebraska down they still uh, you know even though we've struggled nebraska's still nebraska man they have a name they have a following you know it's a pretty good place to, to hang your hat you know, they have a lot of interest, a lot of support. So it's, you know, if you're an athletic director trying to get things done, you have the support behind you to be able to do it. So, I mean, I, I think there'll be some people that are very interested in it. Nebraska's got the checkbook as well. Shuey, about uh, 20 seconds. When's the next fitting? When can when can folks come by and see you? Uh, it's going to be after the 4th. So we're kind of got a lot of stuff going on in the next couple of weeks. And then uh, it'll be that Friday after that fourth weekend looks like we'll uh, have some fittings um, coming online then. Okay. Mike Shuart, go see him at Wilderness Ridge. Shuey, best to you and the Divot Dogs. Thanks for jumping in. You bet. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. There he is. Mike Shuart will wind down Hour 1. Gary Barnett's coming up with Hale Varsity. And we're back. Fellas, I think we could 
listen to the radio on Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes, that's awesome. Next hour, Gary Barnett get his take on uh, Jamie Pollard, Ed Stewart. Where Nebraska's at the Nebraska gig and NIL gets rolling tomorrow. Tip of the cap to you, Blake Lawrence, and Nebraska partnering with Open Doors and Runza, of course. So some reaction to that. More thoughts on Jamie Pollard's comments next hour with the Heartland College Sports Podcast. We had that audio for you earlier. May bring that back uh, in hour two. But uh, Coach Barney with us here shortly. Reminder about uh, West Blue Realty. They are uh, phenomenal. They specialize in residential home sales in Lincoln and the surrounding community. Do you have a home that, listen, that price tag's not ever going to get any better than it sits right now? You know what the housing market's like? You know how much your, your home values increased? Maybe the time's to, time is now to sell, or maybe it's, uh, it's time to, to keep looking. West Blue Realty. There for you. You mentioned Hale Varsity can get up to $1,000 on the closing of your next home purchase. Two names to know, two names to love. Kelly Hofschneider and, uh, of course, Tom Luby. Give Tom Luby a call today at 402-540-3768. Or Kelly Hofschneider. Kelly can help you out as well at 402-202-2312. can log on today, westbluerealty.com. Make an appointment. Go visit. Stop by. And uh, get the lay of the land from your friends at West Blue Realty, 1120 K Street, Suite 200. Okay, uh, a lot laid out for you. Uh, Elijah, who would you, uh, let's go back in time and, and say you ended up deciding to play college football. Uh, who would you want to endorse? Who would you want to strike a deal with? Huh, that's, that's a good question. Don't I, tell me you've never, like, thought about it. Um. Who hot was up there? Um, Ooh, you, you probably just wore them out. Oh yeah, dude. They had a. The I, I think they still have it. It was the a, all you can eat. Yeah, all you can eat, and they had weekday lunch prices. Where if you went in weekdays at lunch, it was like eight ninety nine or something for all you could eat, dude. Oh okay. man, that was. See, I'm I'm about the only one in my family that loves to go, and I just don't go by myself. My old neighbor Joelster would go with me. We've both since moved away. And no, that's that's a good call. I wish that you like on the player introductions at Memorial Stadium. I wish instead of saying like their hometown and their major, I wish they would say who their endorsement deals with. They might. <laughs> they might start. Uh, you know what? I, I think there is not a chicken sandwich you wouldn't inhale from our friend Hooksy at Slim Chickens. Oh, yeah. Hooksy better be all over. The, and then but it's uh, the, like, the additional factor of like if it's like Adrian Martinez, Slim Chickens, like. That advertising would be great, and I th- I would appreciate hearing where all these guys are uh, mm-hmm. are doing their advertising with. Yeah, that'd be good, and we'll we'll have a run on it. Now you've got TikTok and K State making people dry. <laughs> uh, let's uh, get folks qualified right now. Let's get you a certificate uh, for five shots with the Boy Scouts of America Million Dollar Shootout that's going on uh, out at Highlands. Uh, that starts July 14th, and finals going to be held July 18th. More info at ESPNLincoln.com. We'll take caller four and caller five. Caller four, caller five, right now for the million dollar shootout with the Boy Scouts of America. Hey, hit that hole in one. You can take us to lunch wherever we want to go. 466 3776, 466 3776, 800. 
825-5865, the Million Dollar Shootout with the Boy Scouts. Uh, Caller uh, 4 and 5 right now. Gary Barnett's next on Hale Varsity. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back into it, Hale Varsity Radio, Hour 2. Let's uh, get caught up with the coach. Gary Barnett joins us, Colorado and Northwestern, of course, and uh, stand out uh, at Missouri. Coach, uh, big weekend plans. Are you the, uh, the host of the, the fireworks extravaganza in the neighborhood, or are you, <laughs> are you just going to someone's driveway? I'm probably going to go over uh, and watch it with my grandkids. They've got a big show out in Erie that's right across the field from them so yeah no I'm not, I have not hosted fireworks ever so uh, it's not my bailiwick and so we just <laughs> we go watch them somewhere else because the kids like seeing them that's that's good now of all the staffs you've either had or been a part of was there a, a fireworks enthusiast you remember you know there really hasn't been that I can think of like uh, like Mac never blew up a bunch of stuff or no <laughs> Mac didn't uh, no I don't I don't recall anybody on our staff being a fireworks guy we we had fireworks every day in the office I think so uh, we we didn't need it externally I bet I bet Gary Barnett's with us on Hale Var City Radio Coach uh, interested to get your your read here on Nebraska's athletic director situation. It's just weird uh, with with Bill Moose uh, wanting to, to to be here through the the end of of his tenure, i.e., you know, twenty twenty two, and that kind of being the feeling, and then all of a sudden, abruptly, you have uh, a retirement today, uh, forced retirement is how it sounds, but it, it's the word retirement versus being let go. You know what? What did you think of Moose from afar? And overall, what's what's the picture of the Nebraska athletic director's job in college football, in your opinion? Uh, well, boy, that's uh, multi-layered. Uh, uh, Moose has always enjoyed, I think, a, a very uh, a fine reputation. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, he's a he's been a football guy, and I think that football people appreciate ads that are football guys, and um, I think he's always. Um, you know, carried that pretty well with him. Or at least that's been the impression. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know anything about what has happened and transpired at Nebraska. Uh, I can certainly see how um, trying to um, install and and oversee this names, images, and likeness. Um, situation that's going to happen, uh, trying to somehow do that, and then also being wanting to step down in 22, you know, it, it could be that, that whoever's going to do this needs to be on board from the, from the start to the finish. And, you know, from the outside, you go, well, that's a possibility. I don't know. I have no idea. You, you know a lot more than I do about that. But I could certainly see where that could be something that that somebody would want to do 
Uh, it, it could also be that the, that the guy you want to hire uh, had other offers, and uh, you know maybe they needed to move quickly if that's who they wanted want to get. So you know it's it's who knows where it is. I think the the AD spot at Nebraska is it's um, you know I think all AD spots for the next two years are going to be really crazy and just trying to negotiate and um, navigate this this whole thing with names, images, and likenesses, not to even bring up the playoffs and, and how, you know, a 12-team playoff possibility and what that looks like. And, you know, that that's probably the easiest part of the job in the next two years rather than what, what this whole uh, uh, possibility of unionization, mm-hmm. the um, uh, challenges of trying to enforce any any uh, restrictions or rules that that come about from the names images and likenesses legislation either uh, per state or or nationally should it occur so it's it's a really complicated thing right now plus you are you're taking over program a program in Nebraska like everybody else that's in debt from the last year well there's probably I think the perception would be that, that maybe it's a little bit easier to to, to uh, glide through all that at Nebraska than some other places that could be strapped from a financial standpoint. It doesn't make any difference. It's still a debt, and somehow it's got to be paid off, and you've got to figure out how to slim things down at the same time, um, uh, stay up and do all the things that a big-time football program and athletic department's going to need so it looks like it's multi-layered and complicated to me did you ever think about doing ad work you know there's there's two things two jobs i never want one is being an athletic director and the other is being a golf pro who has to teach people my age how to play golf (laughs) so uh those two look like thankless jobs to me Yeah, I, I, I th- exactly. The administrative side, I mean, totally could handle it, but do you want the the headache of it? And I, I, two names that, that are out there for this opening with Nebraska, Jamie Pollard, Iowa State. Earlier today, Jamie Pollard on a podcast saying, hey, he's flattered by Nebraska, but he's staying in Ames. Uh, he's been at Iowa State 16 years, and Iowa State's been really good. You've seen him. Uh, with uh, with with Matt Campbell and and even under under Paul Rhodes, I mean they they were decent, you know. But uh, Jamie's had a couple of really good football hires. Uh, he's familiar with Fred Hoiberg, and and I think his salary is somewhere between seven seven fifty, maybe nine hundred thousand if there's bonuses involved. Uh, Bill Moose made one point one five million, was set to make one point two. I don't know that Jamie Pollard would leave Ames, and I never thought I'd say that, but leave Ames for, for Lincoln just because of all what all you laid out there on top of. There's just kind of been constant drama with whoever's been in the athletic director chair uh, at Nebraska. I mean, you've had a revolving door since uh, Bill Byrne, quite honestly, uh, left in, in the early 20 or the early 2000s. So. What do you know about Pollard and more of a wish than a reality for Nebraska fans, his name with the opening? You know, I've only had 
maybe one or two dealings with Jamie. So I, I don't really know Jamie, but you certainly look at the uh, Iowa State, uh, at least football program, and I think I think basketball program too to some extent. You know, they certainly have been, uh, you know, on a, on a steady uphill climb, not uphill climb, but uh, improvement. Mm-hmm. And and so that makes a guy like that that's also regionally, under, understands regional uh, with the Nebraska-Iowa uh, part of the country uh, understands, uh, you know, doing it. He, he's doing it at a place that has been very difficult to do, to do it and make it work. Uh, a lot of it has to do with getting the right people in charge of your programs. Um, and so, uh, I don't know much more than that about about uh, Jamie. Um, I do know that. Uh, you know, he's been there for a while, like you mm-hmm. said, 16 years is a long time for an athletic director, that's for sure. But uh, I, uh, I think you've got to throw in the Frost, Scott Frost, as uh, future mm-hmm. into this whole thing. I don't know where that figures into the mix uh, as to who you get or, um, you know, whether that had something to do with Moose leaving. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're not going to know all this stuff till later, probably. Mm-hmm. But it sure makes for some good talk radio somewhere. <laughs> well, uh, exactly. We're, we're hoping it's here, right? Gary Barnett's <laughs> with us. That's the other thing here. If you're Scott Frost, how do you feel about this? How did did you ever experience uh, an AD change uh, during your career at, at Colorado or Northwestern? Oh yeah, both places. Um, so did that make uh, you nervous the, or or not? The guy that hired me at, at Northwestern um, was replaced and. Fortunately, I had a little bit of input into that. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily who it was, but the kind of person it was. So, mm-hmm. and, and they ended up hiring a guy that had a fire in his belly, and and um, you know I, he was just the opposite of what they had. And that's always generally what you end up with. And so he, I thought he did a, you know, a, a really uh, a good job, especially. Uh, right after he got there, he had a lot of challenges. And then at Northwest or at Colorado, uh, you know, they uh, Mike Bone came in, and as a football coach, here's what you know: new AD, probably new coach. So you know, when I, when that happened, uh, I I could sort of see the handwriting on the wall. Gary Barnett's with us, and and that's. That's the thought. The The last name I'll throw out to you, and you may or may have, may or may not have some contact, but Ed Stewart, a great linebacker at Nebraska, has been the deputy commissioner of the Big 12 for a lot of years. Prior to that, was uh, pretty high up in the Missouri athletic department, mm-hmm. and I think he was there when Pinkle got brought in. So I think he had some input there. I don't know how much, but there's that tie, and that was really good football years for Missouri uh, in, in the latter part of their Big 12 run and then of course really great success in the SEC early on. What do you know about Ed from, from friends down in Columbia? Uh, you know I don't know much I know he worked for Mike Alden and Mike Alden did a pretty good job. He was really sort of the Pinkles guy and um, you know uh, Ed's a football guy and he certainly checks that box yeah. if if uh, you know, if you're a football coach looking to see who's going to get hired, and you, you sort of want a guy who understands it, played the game, gets it, uh, knows how important it is. Um, so he certainly checks that box. 
I think being an assistant commissioner in the conferences is, you know, that's also a plus. That's administrative work, uh, having to balance teams and sports and all sorts of other things while also walking the line with the NCAA. So that's pretty important experience. Being a former Nebraska guy, I'm sure that's probably uh, high on everybody's list. So, you know, both of those, if if those are the two candidates, Mm -hmm. at least on paper, and uh, I can't go beyond that with either one of these guys, is at least on paper you got two good candidates. Okay, so give me a name that that you know of that's big time that you think could work at Nebraska that that you know or you know from the coaching fraternity that hey this this would make sense just looking at the situation that that maybe we're not thinking of. I mean, you know how things are in Nebraska. You have friends here where there's got to be some sort of Husker tie in in some corners of the state for folks to want or accept this new AD. You've got Pollard, who's killed it when when he's been doing his thing in Ames. And, you know, John Cook's a name you hear, the volleyball coach here, who would be incredible, but I think he wants to go win another national championship and then enjoy the mountains. I mean, I think, you know, I mean, we're looking at his age, and he's a young uh, you know, early to mid sixties, but who's out there, coach, that could fit in Lincoln? You know, if you told me you were going to ask me this question, I could have done some research for you, Chris. But uh, <laughs> you, you caught me in an awkward spot. I have to think about that a little bit, and I, I don't think as fast as I used to. But no, you're fine. I don't think. First of all, I, I don't think you have to have a Nebraska person. I think that's something that. That people on the inside and from those states, mm-hmm. you know, I, I know here in Colorado, they always felt like they had to have a Colorado person. I don't think you necessarily do. Uh, I think you just, you've got to have somebody who can, in this day and age, have a, a, a really good business sense, who understands how universities work, because navigating that landscape, uh, admissions, um, and everything else, uh, the NCAA, for whatever future the NCAA has, I think it's somebody who has experience in all that is, is really important and a good business guy. You know, when Colorado hired Rick George, he had been a former Colorado guy and that he'd worked for Mac. <clears throat> but he had worked in the PGA. He'd run the senior tour. He'd worked at... Uh, he put together the tournament in New Orleans, which be, went from last to fourth in, in uh, uh, money raising and attendance uh, in, in uh, you know, the non-big-time tournaments. Uh, and then was vice president of the Texas Rangers. Uh, he had built buildings. So, you know, he, he'd been at Vanderbilt. So his ex- experience like that was critical in him coming in and putting together a building that needed to be built he understood football, he under, you know, and he'd been in all, in, around many sports. Uh, and so someone like that is, is, is the ideal. I mean, Colorado couldn't have a better choice. And, and I don't think without question he's been the number one AD maybe ever here. And um, somebody like that. But also has a, a little bit of an affinity for where you are. So it's, it's not a, uh, a station for him, somewhere he's going to come and spend some time and then move on. Uh, right off the top of my head, I'll send you a list later on. After no, that's time fine. And <laughs> sorry about jumping the gun on you there, but I'm like, you know what? Let's just <laughs> let's get the the Coach Barnett recommendation here. 
We'll have more with Gary Barnett, coach. Uh, we'll hang out another segment with us. We'll get into name, image, likeness, rubber stamped by the NCAA, and let's dial up. A cheese runza for you, a mushroom runza for you, a Italian runza for you. Maybe fire up the breakfast runza with those morning practices. I'm done uh, tap dancing, forgive me. But a uh, reminder about buckling up, 70% of people in fatal crashes in Nebraska not wearing a seatbelt. If used properly, a seatbelt can reduce the risk of fatal injury up to 60%. Your best defense in any crash. Buckling up, brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. More from Gary Barnett. We'll check in uh, with the coach on NIL on the way with Hale Varsity. Chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back in Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery, talking uh, name, image, and likeness. A few more minutes here with Coach Gary Barnett on Hale Varsity Radio. D-Day's tomorrow with it. And do you see any any advantages for schools beyond the, the teams that are in the playoff right now? I, I think... A, I think a USC, I think a Georgia Tech, just because Atlanta's a hub. I mean, it's it's kind of your capital of the South, so to speak. Nebraska and Oklahoma, with the uh, the fandom that exists for both those programs, and I know there's there's pro sports in Oklahoma with the Thunder, but not pro football. And Nebraska is its own animal because uh, this is uh, the the state's team, so to speak. So those are some teams I think uh, can really hit a home run. Are, are you worried and concerned about this, or do you think it can be navigated? Uh, forward to to work out for everybody with name, image, and likeness? Well, I think, Chris, because I'm not in it and I'm not <clears throat> going to be making decisions and I haven't done all the research, I'm, I'm scared to death of it. I think if I were in it <laughs> that, that I would be trying to figure out how to see light at the end of the tunnel and how to work it out, and that would be a different deal. I think any school that's got a rabid fan base mm-hmm. has an advantage going into this. And I think the other thing is anybody that's in a major corporate area, and then you combine that with a rabid fan base, then you've got the, you've got the right mix. I mean, you go to Chicago, and you, you think what this will do for uh, Northwestern students, student-athletes, and Notre Dame student-athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you think of rabid fan bases, you think of a place like Nebraska. <clears throat> but you're right, Atlanta uh, uh, could be huge in this deal. I think L.A., just because it's L.A., I think Seattle. Sure. Um, you know, any place that's got a, got a large corporate community has got an advantage, I think. But that corporate community also needs to be tied into a rapid fan or to a rabid fan base. So, uh, any place in the South, any city in the South, then jumps out to you immediately. Well, I'm wondering: is there anyone that can take advantage and become? 
New York's team. Think of the East Coast. Think of Madison Avenue. Think of Times Square. You know, there's not a lot of college football going on in New York. Penn State and Rutgers, uh, the first run Chiano had uh, was kind of adopted in that region. You also have uh, Syracuse when they were on their A game with the McNabb years and a little little bit in the late 80s. But can anyone take advantage of the East Coast? or is Well, that- I think more in basketball than football. Good call. And, um, you know, the, the, the place that jumps out to me is Austin, Texas. Oh, is, sure. You know, what's going to happen there. And, um, you know, Austin and Houston area, you know, become huge. So uh, maybe New Orleans, mm-hmm. but not so. Yeah, maybe New Orleans, but not so much. But so but I, I think that from the basketball standpoint, the East, East Coast will be that'll be huge for those teams. Gary Barnett's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, have a great fourth with your fam and hit them far and straight, all right? All right, Chris, thanks. Gary Barnett with us, uh, his take on NIL, and we'll go there here before we revisit the Pollard thanks but no thanks here, Jamie Pollard, Iowa State. So you have uh, you have runs to step it up here, local business like he talked about. And Nebraska is one of the schools that, that can and will crush it with NIL. They've embraced it. They've been proactive. They've got Blake Lawrence and Adi in their corner with open doors. So it's set up, and, and Nebraska's embraced this versus been resistant to it. Right? This is how the, the lay of the land's going to be. So let's, uh, let's make uh, some chicken salad here. If you're an old school, well, nothing should happen. Uh, it, it should be just books, tuition, and be thankful you have a scholarship. That type of mindset attitude that is, that's no longer prevalent in college football or at least listened to. You can have the opinion, but it's not going to be followed. So you have a new normal, you have a new era. And Runs is like, all right, brother, let's, uh, and sisters, let's jump on here. The first hundred current athletes who opt in to promote the restaurant's rewards app uh, to their followers on social media. It's the first company to uh, offer athletes in the state an opportunity to be paid for their endorsement of the product on a broad scale. I'll be interested to know the the pay scale on this for the athletes because you've got massive followings uh, for Adrian Martinez, uh, for Cam Taylor Britt, for the volleyball program, Husker baseball, but it's capped at 100 and it's open to, to everybody. You have talented softball players, Husker women's basketball, Husker basketball. So you've got a, a, a boatload of athletes and you've got a, the, the first hundred here to, to, to promote. I about said pimp to promote, uh, the app there. Well, I mean, yeah, you just gotta, you gotta, Wake up early. Set those alarms early if you're a Husker athlete tomorrow. Think about it when it's temperature Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) Are are you going to do something as fun or as simple as uh, the the old uh, to-go cup that has the almost your image, but it's got your your shadow outline on it? Name the Husker Monday or something like that. Hmm. Collect all of them. Yeah, I think you, you 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 make the breakfast runs of finally, and then I think you name it after a Husker player. Okay. And you get residuals even after college, or I guess from, from Runza's this perspective, that's probably a bad move. <laughs> do you uh, do you do it? Think about back in the day, like as many. I mean, he had his own like Chipotle burrito named after him. Our old boy, uh, Matt Slawson, Slaw Daddy. Mm-hmm. He, he he would crush like a double 
that they would make into one, and it was the Slaw Daddy. <laughs> I believe it 100%. And you see Chipotle did that with, uh, like, recently, uh, like, the, the the some of the top draft prospects this year where they just got their Chipotle orders and turned it into, like, their own. There's, well, the, there's our, the Justin Fields burrito. Our, 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 here's what we got to do. We got to reach out to our boys at Lazari's, and they've got to get a pie named after somebody. A pizza. Oh, yeah. Oh, right? yeah. And, there, there, there's got to be, like, a and, and, get Adrian's favorite toppings and make it the 2 a.m. pizza. Something like, yeah, something like that. Bang. There you the go. The 2 a.m. pizza? The 2 a.m. pizza. Uh, or you, you fire up uh, our friends at Duffy's in a fishbowl. Oh, yeah, that'd be awesome. Right? Uh, you got to find the player that's known for spending a late night at Duffy's. I'm not gonna. I'm not even gonna speculate here. I'm not gonna <laughs> throw any names out there. But. No, I know, but <laughs> you know, you're gonna have your your own uh, your own happy hour deal. The bar. Cam Jurgens could get a, a breed of cattle named after him. He could. This is a a, a Jurgens cut of beef. Oh, ooh. right. Yeah. So we're we're doing the work for everybody. <laughs> Get us in there. Open doors, hire us. <laughs> I am not smart enough to work with Blake Roddy. I'm sorry, but uh, you might be. You might be. But this is cool. Uh, the payment's going to be a single flat amount for every everyone, regardless of what sport they play. There's your equity, and uh, th- I think that's the way to start out on it. And. You can escalate or or have a sliding pay scale. Uh, so there you go. Um, and, you know, Renz has been around for forever. Pretty cool. 466-377-6800-825-5865. Numbers to get in. Uh, where's Nebraska go for the uh, athletic director opening? What's that timeline? Well, into July, that was laid out there by Chancellor Green. And you, you heard the comments earlier here on Hale Varsity from Jamie Pollard and uh, the uh, the Heartland College Sports Podcast where it was thanks but no thanks for uh, for the Nebraska opening. The flattery, but the reality of where Iowa State's at in football and where Nebraska's at in football. We got a call in just now from Paul. He didn't want to go on the air, but he did want to say that he would do anything to get a Cam Jurgens center cut sirloin. Okay, center cut. I like that. It's got the the, the center, right? Yeah. And no, I, yeah, center cut sirloin. Much but, better than a, a tight end sirloin. <laughs> well, uh, dare I go tenderloin? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Right, we can, we we can't. But I I'm I'm not. I'm going to be a snob for two seconds. And sirloin's good, but I'm going to spend more for something else, not sirloin. Mm, I, when it comes to steak. I think go I, New York or fillet. Aside from center cut, like what what football positions or, or sports references can you make with steaks? Prime rib, something. I mean, get grilled. I don't know. Get grilled. <laughs> so this will be all right. We're not the ad guys. We got to talk to Tim. No, Bob. we we got to we got to drink seventeen um, or eighteen. Uh, old fashions and and start being Don Draper and just spitting them out. So, with Nebraska and this news, does this is this a punch in the face to Nebraska? I think it is because I think Jamie Pollard's a guy that was on their want list, on their wish list, on their radar. So, can you go 
get a yes, get an interview from an Ed Stewart? Do you check out Trev Alberts? Do you talk to John Cook? Do you talk in John? Do you talk John Cook into maybe thinking about this? But he's got a loaded team, and they want to go win another couple of titles. So you don't want to can't do both. <laughs> and we haven't even talked about could they promote Garrett Classy from interim to full time if you reach the point where you know you're down to number five, number six on your list. Is that is that the point where you'd get to where you start? I have a hard listen. Garrett's money. But I have a hard time believing that the guy that brought him in, Bill Moose, he's a he's he's a Moose guy. Mm-hmm. So you can mind the shop as a Moose guy, but I don't know that you're seriously considered. Maybe you are. I don't know, but I I don't think that he's full time material because he's the interim. It, it can work out. Hank Bounds sitting right there for you. Does is Hank Bounds still live locally? I don't think so. He could. He could, yeah, he could sell the house up here. <laughs> he's a he's a professor at what Mississippi, Southern Mississippi, or something like that. Yeah, but once you come to God's country, like you don't want to leave Nebraska, right? Right. We will refrain from Nebraska versus Mississippi because we are cheering for Mississippi State tonight. Hail State, go dogs. It's about right. We'll see if that uh, happens tonight. It should. Tall task, though, to, to, for them to go up against Kamara Rocker in the, in the championship game. This is the benefit of Vandy not having to play that second game against NC State because it would have been Rocker on the bump. Andrew emails in, hell no, on Albert's whacked wrestling and football. We will leave out the name calling from Andrew. Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Another guy to think about who's a pious grad is Cincinnati's athletic director. And dare I say, if a change is made, do you call Fickle? Who knows the Big Ten? We're getting way ahead of ourselves. The Jock Doc's on the way. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Time for a Jock Doc Wednesday. Lincoln Orthopedic Center and Dr. Doug Tavis with us from Lincoln Orthopedic. Dr. Doug, happy 4th. How are you? Doing good, Chris. You guys ready to blow off a few fireworks? I, I, we're ready to win some baseball games, man. Yeah, there you go. That's what I'm, that's, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll worry about the fireworks uh, afterwards, right? Uh, no ice cream or fireworks if we don't win. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's good motivation. Yeah, well, you know, tough news for, for Cleveland fans and a guy that's kind of been the heart and soul of the tribes lineup John Naylor a guy that's all heart all hustle it's going to be missing from the the uh, the Cleveland lineup for a while Naylor going to need surgery broke his right ankle on Sunday in uh, in Minnesota uh, a frightening collision with the first baseman as they both converged on a pop fly and Dr. Doug this sounds horrific because he had to have an air cast he had to be carted off and uh, it's no good here for a guy that uh, is all about hustling. Yeah, that's a, those are always scary plays, you know, when the, uh, when a couple of guys um, are going after a ball like that. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of noise out there. You know, people are calling each other off, and and um, uh, you know, the collisions are always going to happen in baseball. There's no question about it. And unfortunately. 
Josh got a fracture dislocation, and and uh, that's a that's an you know that's a, a always surgery kind of an event. Take me through the the next step here for for Naylor and uh, the medical treatment here. What what happens with the surgery, the fix, and then the recovery? Yeah. So with these kinds of injuries. Um, it's a it's kind of a twisting injury, and so one side of the ankle fails first, meaning one of the bones fails first, and then as the ankle keeps twisting, the um, uh, ankle, uh, the ankle bone will dislocate, and then the other side of the bone uh, or the ankle will fail, and so you've really got three problems to deal with. You've got a dislocation, and you've got fracture on either side of the ankle. And uh, so the very first thing that happens is putting the dislocated ankle bone back into position. And um, uh, that generally is done, um, you know, as quickly as possible. Um, I will typically do that on the field if I'm in a, in a situation like this. And, and the reason that I do is because it makes the pain so much better for people. If you just put the air cast on them right um, as you know as they're laying there, and you put this air cast on, and you don't dislocate it, or excuse me, don't reduce the uh, dislocation, they they're still very very painful. So it's it's uh, a pretty easy thing to do to put it back in place. Then you put the air cast on to immobilize it. Um, from a surgical perspective, um, sometimes um, as these injuries happen, there's some uh, break in the skin. And that makes it an a, a, a even more urgent scenario to go to surgery. But if there is no break in the skin, then it's something that can get fixed over the course of the next couple of days. Um, generally, on the inner aspect of the ankle, uh, the bump uh, we call the medial malleolus, which is the bump on the inside of the ankle, when that breaks away, that usually means a couple of screws in that one. And then on the outside of the ankle, the lateral malleolus, uh, that usually is a plate and screws. Um, so the combination of those two things then creates the solid place for the ankle bone to sit again on the end of, of the leg bone. And uh, uh, that's that's what it really boils down to for fixing these things is restoring the stability of that whole ankle construct. Dr. Doug Davis with us, Lincoln Orthopedic Center at Jock Doc Wednesday. We're talking uh, ankle break and dislocation for Cleveland's Josh Naylor. Uh, having a great season for Cleveland, but uh, now having to recover. Let's, let's talk recovery here and, and just the severity of this injury when it comes to getting back to 100%, or, or can you get back to, to something close with it? Yeah, I think that um, any time there's a fracture that goes into a joint like this, um, there's always going to be some longer-term um, issues that are going to develop uh, because, there's, uh, by definition, there's damage to the cartilage in the joint as well uh, with these kinds of injuries. So at some point in time, he'll, it, it's likely that he'll have some uh, more problems. But in the short term, meaning you know the next... Uh, five to 15 years, um, as an example, um, he, he very well could get back um, and be playing again in the outfield. Um, uh, it'll probably be a scenario where um, he's able to get running on the thing again in the order of you know three or four months down the line. 
one of the problems that he's going to deal with is uh, persistent swelling and stiffness that goes along with that. Anytime that we see these kinds of injuries, we know there's going to be some longer-term swelling. So it'll be interesting to see next spring whether or not he's got the flexibility coming back in the ankle that'll be required for him to be able to, you know, sprint hard and and uh, play the play the position and move around the bases, you know, when he's batting. When it when it comes to like remnants of this, you mentioned the flexibility and you need the that swelling and stiffness to be under control. Is it going to affect his stability? In the outfield, as far as being able to, to make a break on a ball, will be a, uh, will he be a half step slow ever because of this? And then also from a power standpoint, in the batter's box, either that that back leg or that front that front foot. Obviously, when you're at the dish. Yeah, so a, a good intuitive thought on the on the making the break on the ball. Um, that's that's probably where you'll see it. Mm-hmm. Um, Is just that that first initial um, push off, you know, kind of a step. Um, you may even you may even see him break on the ball really very differently using his uh, left side, you know, as the as the initial push off. Uh, um, as far as the the batting is concerned. I think once the, uh, the everything is healed, he he will feel stable relative to the ankle, and I think he'll be able to uh, do the batting well. But again, coming out of the box and making his first move towards um, towards first base, yeah, you might see a you might see a step slower. Dr. Doug Davis with us, Lincoln Orthopedic Center at Jock Doc Wednesday. Dr. Doug, uh, is there a possibility for for arthritis or just lingering pain, nerve issue with this? Yeah, the, that's kind of what I was alluding to mm-hmm. with the the fact that it's a fracture that goes into the joint. Um, when we have damage to cartilage, um, eventually uh, we anticipate that leading to um, arthritic change because arthritis is loss of cartilage that, that lines the end of the bone in a joint. And so um, that possibility certainly does exist. And, and uh uh, the good news is that you know I think that's going to be you know quite a ways down the line. Um, if he can regain his flexibility in the joint um, and is is able to um, uh, get that push off because of that flexibility, I think I think you'll see him play very very well in the years to come. Dr. Doug Davis with his Lincoln Orthopedic Center at Jock Doc Wednesday, ankle fracture and dislocation are topic. Dr. Doug, have a great four. Thanks for spending time today. You bet, Chris. You have a good week. Good stuff from Dr. Doug. We'll have a little more here on uh, Cincinnati's AD and Pius grad John Cunningham. We'll uh, give you his uh, rundown. That's a name to think about. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time on a Wednesday, Hail Varsity Radio. Great stuff from Gary Barnett. Fantastic uh, work from Phil Steele on preview in the Big Ten. The podcast for Hale Bar City Radio, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. Be sure to hammer those and give us a ranking and rating. Good, bad, or ugly, give us a review. 
Um, so do though do that. Uh, Google Play, Spotify, iTunes, Hail Varsity Radio. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Tomorrow it is the Elijah and uh, Willie J show. Tomorrow and Friday, a a, a much deserved breather Saturday for the holiday. So no Hail Varsity weekend, and I'm uh, I'm going to be losing a golf ball tomorrow. Then it's state baseball Friday. And watching Junior do his thing uh, Friday, Saturday, and hopefully into Sunday for state ball with the uh, the Lincoln A's. So the Journal Star, Parker Gabriel, uh, reporting and uh, touching on the podcast revelation from Jamie Pollard that he's flattered by Nebraska, but you know not not interested. Yeah, former University of Systems President Hake Bounds telling the Journal Star that he will not be a candidate for the job. So Hank's a dude that could rock it, <laughs> but he's not a candidate. Jamie Pollard, not uh, a guy. John Cunningham, Pride of Pius, 05 Nebraska law graduate, 01 TCU graduate, and he's been around, man. Compliance at TCU, compliance at Maryland, part of the, uh, the coaching search at Minnesota that brought in P.J. Fleck. Mm. and uh, was pretty instrumental in attendance increases and fundraising between 16 and 19. So you've got that Jerry Kill, P.J. Fleck mesh, and uh, he's been at Cincinnati since 2019. He's been part of Boise State as well. So did he make the Fickle hire at Cincinnati, or did he come in right after that? That's When was Fickle hired? Fickle's been there a while, right? 16, 2017, something like that. So I think he inherited, but here's the thing. Fickle's still there, okay? Fickle's, Fickle's still there. So that's that's good. Either he's just holding his breath on Ohio State for Ryan Day to go to the NFL, or he's happy at Cincinnati and he likes his boss. I mean, and it's... And, it, and Fickle had to... To, to navigate a dare I say Titanic six and six season for Ohio State that ended up six and seven before Urban, Fickle was the buffer between sweater vest and Urban. If you remember back, oh yeah, oh yeah, wasn't he at the helm whenever uh, Nebraska had the uh, the comeback? The comeback, the comeback. Yeah, well, I, I guess it, it's really unimportant if he uh, he hired Fickler or not because he's not coming in to hire a new football coach. But that is an important feather in the cap of an AD is who you hired. And then someday down the road, it, it could be on him to make a, a big decision. You got Fickle, you have Fleck, and Boise and TCU have been good programs. I, I'm sensing a theme here with Fickle, Fleck, Frost. Am I reading too far into this? Is he just like coaches with F names? Is, is that what's going on here? Something like that. You heard it here first. He's you coming. guys behave. <laughs> clean up your Funyuns and Cheetos. All right. All right. Uh, talk to you to, well, next week with Hale Varsity. Have a good one.